Hello and welcome to episode eight of the podcast. I'm Becca Silver, founder of The Whole Educator. In this episode, you'll learn about the importance of the relationship between the instructional coach and the principal. Stay tuned to find out about how the principal-coach relationship impacts educator effectiveness, how principals and coaches can partner from the start of the school year, and how coaches can build a strong relationship with their principal even when they don't initiate it. See you soon. Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Last week, I was coaching some teachers and the administration had brought me in to teach them about guided inquiry, how to teach in an inquiry-based way. And I show the teachers how to do that. And I show them ways to use technology while doing that. And at the end of the workshop, one of the teachers says to me, Becca, this was such a great workshop. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to change the way that I teach. But one of my problems is if my admin comes in and sees the students getting their directions from the board and not from me, they're going to be upset. So here's what's interesting about this. The administration wants more student-led learning and their actions are in direct conflict of what they say they actually want. So today I brought on Chad Ransom, who is a consultant who coaches principals to have a conversation with me about the principal instructional coach relationship. Welcome, Chad. Thanks, Becca. It's really great to be on your show. I really appreciate the work you're doing in supporting coaches, um, especially because I think they are probably one of the most important leverage points that we have in school systems. So I think anything we can do to help them in their work, then that's going to help teachers in their work. And I was a coach for many, many years before I was a principal and then before I started consulting. So um, I love the work that you're doing. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you today about what it looks like for a healthy principal-coach relationship, what it looks like when it's not healthy and it's not strong, right? And what some strategies are that principals and instructional coaches can do to strengthen that relationship for this upcoming school year. Great. And I, and I love how you're talking about it as like kind of a healthy, strong relationship. Um, I think sometimes we tend to think in terms of like, good or bad or poor relationship. And, and really what we want is a relationship that's effective, Yeah, right? Because, you know, you could have a, a less effective relationship that can actually be negative and it can be poor or like, it can be a good relationship, but it's still not effective. Mm-hmm. And so thinking in terms of, you know, how do we create systems and structures and build 
a, a good interpersonal working relationship that leads to us being effective in our work, I, I think is the question or, or the topic to really focus in on. I, I wanted to go into this principal coach relationship in most school buildings. Well, every school building has some kind of school leader, right? A principal. And then most school buildings have some version of an instructional coach, whether we call them lead teachers or facilitators or instructional specialists. There's someone whose job it is to support the educators. So my first question for you is I'd love to hear why you think it's important for a principal and a coach to have a healthy relationship. Yeah, I think the why piece is really important because if we don't have a good answer there, um, both as a coach and as a principal, then it's going to be really hard to spend the time that we need to actually make that happen. And, And for me, the why is most easily described thinking in terms of what do we know makes a difference for kids? And there's really clear research that that pretty much everybody now agrees around this idea that the classroom teacher makes the biggest difference for students, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we really believe that, then anybody that's not in that role can think about themselves in terms of how are we helping that person to do the best work that, that they can do in, in their classroom? And so from a, a principal and coach perspective, the the why around being effective or, or having an effective relationship is that the the better we do that, the more able we are to help teachers to do their work, which then ultimately means the better we support students with their needs. Yeah. You know, and it makes me think of the word support and 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 the team that supports teachers, right? And empowers teachers to do the best job that they can. And that be, you know, some, some school districts call it the instructional leadership team, right? ILT. And it's, that's the conglomerate of adults that support teachers, right? And empower them. Yeah. In a similar way that we're talking about the relationship between principal and coach, like it it could be a team leader. It could be people on the school improvement team. It could be, you know, so it's all of these people who as part of their role or as their whole role are also supporting other classroom teachers, right? Whether you're a Mm full-time coach. Um, and, and so really it's all about how do we, all of us that serve these other roles where we're supporting classroom teachers, how do we do that as, as effectively, um, as we can, I I think is the real question about this coach principal relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, I just thought of the analogy of a sports team and there is a whole team of coaches and people that work together to support the sports team, right? It's not just yeah. one lead coach, right? They have an assistant right. and there's like the water boys, there's like a whole team. And yeah. I've never thought about it before like this, but as you're talking, I was like, oh, it's kind of like a sports team. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good analogy also, because you, you still have the head coach, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and sometimes I think we're, uh, you know, when we talk about shared leadership and distributed leadership, sometimes we worry about, well, then that always feels top down when we say the head coach or, but, but you really do have to have someone that is coordinating all of those other someones and, and you do it collaboratively and, that, and it's not meant to be top down, but I think the sports analogy kind of helps with that, right? You have mm-hmm. somebody that's big picture. How are we coordinating all of these pieces? But then you still have other people who mm-hmm. are in, you know, coach 
or coach-like type roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it makes me think about different school cultures as well. Some school cultures are led by principals that do have more of that collaborative leadership model and uh, philosophy about leadership. And some schools can be very hierarchical. The principal is the head and makes all the decisions and lets you know what those decisions are. Now, what we're going to be talking about this episode applies to both of those. It is equally as important for that principal-coach relationship to be strong in both of those cultures and situations. Yeah, and I think when I think about what makes those relationships strong, one of the biggest is how are you aligned and coherent? Mm -hmm. And so whether that's more top-down-ish or it's more collaborative, if we don't have a way where our work is really aligned and coherent, then we're not going to be successful in this goal of of supporting teachers. Just like in the sports analogy, right? If I'm one of the sub coaches or whatever it would be in in the different sport, and I think we should go right, and Mm -hmm. the other coach thinks left, and the head coach thinks like we should stop and stay where we are, that's going to be really ineffective in mm-hmm. our work. And so sort of bottom line, when we think about how do we have these effective coach principal relationships are ways that we're going to make sure we're really coherent and aligned in the mm-hmm. work that we're doing. Yeah. Yes. Love that. Okay. So I want to go into the next thing that I'm super curious about is what examples do you have of a poor principal coach relationship that you have experienced? in a school? What'd that look like? Yeah. Well, so when I think of poor, I actually think of this continuum from, you know, it actually was kind of a a poor relationship and poorly set up to um, like the relationship was great and people were working really hard and they were smart, but yet they still were ineffective Mm -hmm. because they didn't have some of these systems and structures set up and sort of regardless of good relationship, working hard, knowledgeable, if we don't have the right systems and structures set up, then it's still going to be poor. Mm-hmm. In, you know, if we, if yeah. we say it that way, as in it's being ineffective, right? Mm-hmm. We're not yeah. accomplishing um, what we want to do. So some of the things that I think about around poor or ineffective principal coach relationships that, that I've seen are uh, and I'll start from the principal's perspective, but it's not always, you know, just from kind of that perspective. But in some cases where the the principal has a coach and they don't really value the idea of coaching, mm-hmm. which is a, a, obviously a really huge barrier. So, I mean, we have principals who maybe were never coached when, when they were teachers. Um, they don't necessarily have that background. They might not even be really coming from an instructional leadership perspective necessarily. You know, they might have come through a program where it was much more management, much more top down. And so it's really that that's a big barrier, right? If um, the the principal doesn't really value the role of a coach, it's going to be hard to to create that relationship. So that's one of the things that is sort of like the bottom of, of Maslow's hierarchy, right? If, you, mm-hmm. if we don't at least have that, it, it's going to be hard to, to move beyond that. The The next sort of tier, I guess, I haven't really thought about this in terms of um, a hierarchy before, but I am now. <laughs> um, the, the next sort of tier is, so great, I value coaching. Like I, I get the idea of it. I think it's, a, it's great. Like I want to support my teachers, but I don't actually understand it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, a, as a leader, I wasn't a coach. I was like, I, so I don't really get it. And and that's the next barrier. 
And I think it's helpful to think about these barriers holistically, because if I'm the coach, I might be able to diagnose mm-hmm. where is my principle mm-hmm. around that. Or, or if I'm a principal listening in, I could think about where am I mm-hmm. right, in, in, in this perspective. So um, the next one being like, I don't really know what a coach should do or what they shouldn't do. Um, and of course, we fill that gap by learning about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like talking to the coach, talking to other principals who have coaches. And so once you have those first two, like, okay, I value coaching. I kind of know what it should look like at least. Then you can really get into the actual how um, around like structures, how culture in, in the building is, is critically important to what that relationship and what your work looks like. Uh, and, and then also, how does it fit within your broader professional learning plan? So coaching uh, doesn't exist in isolation, but mm-hmm. sometimes, so so thinking about examples of schools where it wasn't going so well, or it wasn't as effective as it could be, coaching was this really isolated thing. There was a coach, they would occasionally work with individual teachers, and it was not ever connected with, what are we doing? Like, for yes, sessions, right? yes, yeah. And so having that, uh, so having those sorts of things, like the coaching being a part of this broader coherent system so that it's aligned and it's one piece of, mm-hmm. of how we're supporting teachers is is a really important structure um, that I that I have often seen missing. Yeah, you know, it makes me think of uh, in in my membership, the whole educator membership, I recently was coaching. She is the the district coach that's in charge of coaches. She's the coach of coaches within her district. And I said, what, what's the, the district's mission? Like, what, what are you, what are you looking for in your, when you're in classrooms? And she said, what are you talking about? (laughs) And, and I kept asking it in different ways. And she finally said, I don't know. And I said, what, what do the principals and all these schools that your coaches are in, what, what are they, what do they want to see in classrooms? And she said, I don't know. Yeah. And if you don't have that clear goal that you can be aligned around, like how could you be aligned? Mm-hmm. Like, so if I'm a coach or a principal and we're going in and we're doing different work and we're not clear about where we're trying to get teachers, mm-hmm. we can't ever be aligned because right. we're just going to be working on uh, other things. Um, I, I did say early, I should, I should talk a little bit from the coach, per, you know, so those, mm-hmm. those were the things that like, as a principal, we need to think about, but I, I have also worked in buildings where other challenges were sort of more on the on the coach side. So from a principal lens, I'm also thinking about, is this the right person to be in that role? Um, because I've definitely been in buildings where for whatever reason, you know, a, a person became a coach um, or, you know, got what's what's the term that they say now? Um, voluntold into into being a coach. Yes. <laughs> And, and so there, there are times when just like on the principal side, if they don't, you know, value it, understand it, just like the same thing is true about the coaches, right? Like as a coach, we need to make sure that we also really understand what it's like and and that we have the the skill set to, mm-hmm. to be effective because that that's the other time where I see situations in schools where the principal coach relationship isn't great because if the coach isn't able to do good work for mm-hmm various reasons, then you're not going to move forward in that vision of like coaching being a thing that we do here because teachers don't experience the benefit of it mm-hmm. and you're never going to get past that. Yeah. And I, I'd like to add on to that. I had a coach that was taking my live course, the six week live course, and she, her, her principal seemed great. 
from what she was sharing. And the thing that she struggled with was her own, we call it personal power, right? Personal power versus positional power. And in schools, people really get hung up on positional power. Is it your role that has power versus you and I very much share the philosophy that we, no matter what position we're in, can actually own our personal power and create change within a school, no matter what position we're in. Right. And this one coach really struggled with connecting with her principal because she had the mindset that she was young and that it was like, almost like she was a kid and she didn't have that language exactly, but her mindset was just, she was young and she needed to stay quiet and, and just listen to what the principal told her, even though sometimes she didn't agree and many times had things to contribute. Yeah. And through the coaching, she saw, first of all, saw that mindset, like, oh, I've, I've made up that somehow I'm this little kid and this principal is this big grown up and really started to own her personal power. And at the end of the course, she saw her relationship with the principal as a partnership, which I yep. think is such a great context for that relationship. Not, you know, there's a person with more power and less power. Agreed. I I love the word partnership when I think about principal and coach together. I I mean, I I think that it's true with your instructional leadership team. I think it's Mm -hmm. true generally, right? Like we're partnering together to do this work and we might have different roles and things that need to happen for us to all function together in in this team that we're in, but we're partnering. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, top down. Uh, I, I also would agree that probably the most frequent thing when I'm working with coaches is that idea of, well, do I have the authority? Do I, you know, what can I really do? What's like, we need to check with this other person and helping them exactly like you described with what your, what is your sphere of control and what can you do? And it's, it's almost always much bigger than Mm -hmm. what they think. And interestingly, as they start to take that personal power, as you described it, the relationship with the principal tends to get a lot better because the principal then views them more as a partner mm-hmm. because they have things to offer, right? They're, they're not a subordinate or they're not mm-hmm. somebody that they're having to train. Um, so as we do that, we are going to increase our sphere of influence and we're going to develop a better partnership with our principal. I find this interesting dynamic when I'm working with teachers and coaches, it's not everyone, but it's, it's a pattern where they need to ask permission. And it really sticks out to me because I'm certainly not someone that technically can give them permission to do anything. And yet they come and ask me permission to do things. And I I find it, it's part of school cultures. It's part of maybe the school mentality. I'm not entirely sure. I don't really know the roots of this. I just know this is definitely a pattern I've seen over the years, this Mm -hmm. dynamic of needing to ask for permission. And it's kind of made up. (laughs) They certainly are asking me for permission and I'm not the one to give that to them. Totally. Yeah. I I think it is. I don't know if we need that so that we feel safe or that Mm -hmm. we're not, you know, for whatever reason. Um, And I find part of it is like, we, we have to be willing to maybe it feels a little risky and Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going to move forward anyway. So there is definitely a piece of that. Mm-hmm. But I also think it it comes from, um, we talked earlier around the lack of clarity around where are we going. Mm-hmm. And so the, the clearer we are on where we're trying to get to in supporting teachers and also in what our roles actually are, 
the more easy it is to say like, yeah, this decision fits within that, you know? So there's a lot less times that I have to think, wait, this is actually really different than the plan we had before and the conversation. So yes, I do need to check versus Mm -hmm. no, this fits right in Mm -hmm. and I should have the autonomy to make those sorts of decisions. Mm -hmm. I love that. So clarity around the instructional coaches role and maybe even clarity around the principal's role to have transparency there on both roles. And then also clarity around where we are going. We are on a boat and we are headed somewhere. And we, as the instructional leadership team, are aligned and clear about that destination and that direction. Yeah. I think that that's one of the foundational pieces to the the principal coach relationship that, that we were talking about. So when any time, and, and I have a few different times had the opportunity to work in schools where I'm actually working with the principal and coach and being mm-hmm. really specific about that. And we always start with getting clarity around. So what are our roles? Where are we trying to go? That includes the broader professional learning plan. And so what part does coaching play in that plan? And then also how is the coach doing other things like after school PDs, other pieces of that plan, which are are typically a part of that role. So we're getting, we get really clear on those things. And then we set up systems and structures to make sure that we stay aligned and clear. Uh, And just as an example, having like a minimum of one meeting per week where we get together for 30 minutes and it's on the calendar and it doesn't get bumped, right? Because if we're going to prior, well, it could get moved or whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't get canceled, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to really prioritize that classroom teaching is super important and we're supporting teachers, then that should be a priority in our schedule. And so during that meeting, like we pre-set up that structure so that we consistently stay coherent and aligned because we have that touch point. So that's one of the the structures that really helps this coach-principal relationship be successful. No, I love that. That's great. It's a great foundation to set at the beginning of the school year. So I have a question for you. What advice would you give to an instructional coach listening to this podcast right now that would like to create a strong relationship with their principal? What advice would you give them to start doing that? Chad and I had such an incredible conversation that I actually split the conversation into two. So this is half of it. And then stay tuned next week for part two of this principal coach conversation to hear what Chad has to say about what instructional coaches can do to lead up and empower the relationship with their principal. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. 